Welcome back, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and this is, of course, I've Got a Secret. Today's episode is a first for the podcast because I'm talking to a married couple. I'm dialed in with Jana Kramer and Mike Cousin. I want to give the listeners a little background about you both. Jana is an actress, author, entrepreneur, and an incredibly talented country singer. Mike is a former NFL running back playing in Buffalo, Washington, and Jacksonville. Together, Jana and Mike have two adorable children, Jolie and Jace. They host an award-winning podcast called Wine Down Together and just released a book together called The Good Fight. This book is an inside look into their marital hurdles that have made headlines. Jana and Mike are passionate about sharing their story to encourage others to reimagine a relationship as something you don't fight against, but something you fight for. This is the secret to giving your marriage a second chance. So I know that uh, the two of you met on social media, which is very, very common in this day and time. So tell me, how long ago did you two meet? It was six years ago. It was the summer of 2014 and uh, started following each other on, on Twitter. And four days later, we saw each other in person. Ten days after that, we said, I love you. And the rest is pretty much history. Oh, I love that. I love that everyone has that outlet now, that way of meeting and getting to know each other. It used to be like, what, Match.com and those dating sites. But now it's expanded into social media. And I love that it's a way for everyone to meet and fall in love. So I love it. So, And you've been married now for exactly how long? We've been married for five years. I love it. Um, the 6th in May. So tell us about your book, The Good Fight. So The Good Fight um, is a book about just our, our personal struggles, our, you know, our triumphs too. But, um, you know, we've been very vocal and we've shared a lot about our life and our relationship. Um, so we just wanted to just go a step further and be really vulnerable even more um, and, you know, put, um, put the things that we've learned in the book because we've done so much therapy that, you know, we've learned a lot. And so with sharing our story, we also wanted the readers to take away something as well, ways to help them be a better person and also um, grow in their relationship. I love that because yeah. seriously, when sometimes when I, I think when someone looks at the title of the book, The Good Fight, is there such a thing as The Good Fight? I, I believe that there is. And I'm glad that the two of you came together and and are telling your story because sometimes when it's just one person telling the story, that's great. You get one side of it. But the two of you have come together and both of you are telling your story. And I love that. So why did you feel it was important to share your story with the world? For us, it was one of those things where, you know, for me personally, it took me some time to wrap my head around. Jana had this vision long before I did. I was still stuck in my shame of things that I'd done in our marriage and wasn't really ready to open those doors, those closet doors to see all my skeletons too much. Um, but then as we started discussing some of the things that we've been through on our podcast, we got flooded with DMs and emails of support of people going through the same things because what we talk about can be so taboo. It's difficult for, you know, not everyone wants to talk about the subjects we talk about. So, you know, writing the book, we wanted people to not feel alone in their struggles. And, you know, adversely, we didn't want to feel alone in ours. And, the whole way we kind of set the book up is 
you know, we want people to be reading it and, and just relating as they go. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so much like Jan in this situation. I'm so much like Mike or honey, come look at this. And, you know, we want it to feel like this intimate conversation where you're sitting there across from us on a couch and we're just like opening up to you. So, so far it's, you know, it's, it's done well. And the message, the, the message has gone out that way. And I think for us too, when we say like the good fight, like we want people to fight for each other mm-hmm. and not against each other, not you know, treat each other like the enemy. So, um, you know, just, and to fight for yourself as well, because that's equally as important. I love that. You know, Philip will say a lot of times when he's on stage and he's taping the show, he'll say, you know, we're doing this not only to help the person there sitting there with him, but for all of the viewers, because he knows that they can relate to whatever issue he's dealing with, with the guest on the show. So just like what you just said, when they're reading your book, and reading your story and your experience, they can also relate to that. So I think that's a wonderful issue. So I love that the two of you have come together and both of you are sharing your story with the readers. Thank you. So has sharing your story helped you both heal in a way? I would say that it's definitely been therapeutic. Uh, You know, there's hard times for sure when we re-talk about it, especially, you know, I have to stop, you know, ruminating about certain things when, when we bring it up, it's hard. Um, like I'm not going to lie and say that it's easy every time I hear, you know, even when we do interviews and stuff, Mm -hmm. but, um, I feel like a part of it, most of it has been therapeutic because we've been able to grow together. And, um, you know, that started when we did our podcast, but, um, you know, with the book, we even went the, the deeper layer of, um, really realizing some of the things that we've gone through and been able to high five too. I agree. I think it's great because I think you are both very good examples of what it means to not keep something to yourself, but instead put it out there, discuss it with each other and tell each other how you're feeling. Because I think, would you agree, a lot of couples probably do that, keep things to themselves and let them fester and let them grow. But instead, the two of you have not only discussed it within yourselves, but put it out there to the public. So it has helped your relationship. Yeah, it definitely has. And, you know, something we kind of think of is we've gotten so comfortable in the uncomfortable and we want to encourage other relationships and just people to do that as well, because people just want to shy away from the things that are hard to talk about. And we're not great at it all the time either, but it's just one of those things. It's like the more you have those conversations, it's just like anything you practice it, you get more comfortable, you get better at it. So we want to encourage relationships to be willing to lean into each other like that. You know, I love what you just said. You've gotten comfortable with the uncomfortable. I think that's a wonderful phrase to describe exactly what you're talking about with that book. So in the beginning, when everything first came to light, what were both of your initial reactions and plans of action? With uh, the infidelity? Yes. I mean, for me, I was just, it was awful. Um, But at the time we had a four month old baby girl. Yeah. uh, Six six months. Um, And, you know, it was, how can, how, how do I protect her? Mm-hmm. How do I you know, figure, I told him, I was like, you need to go figure out whatever this is and go do it. And so he went to a, um, a sex addiction rehab in Mississippi. Um, and so I think it was just trying to repair and see, or see if it was possible to repair mm-hmm. and then just take baby steps and crawl our way out um, as we went along and just a lot of therapy. 
Yeah, um, you know, for me, it was almost like relearning how to walk and talk all over again mm-hmm. because I dealt my whole life with dealing with problems in a certain way. And then finding this out about myself, you know, realizing that I suffered from an addiction and coming to terms with that and then dealt with that the rest of my life and and then how to live my life from here on out in recovery. And I've had stumbles along the way. And so just handling issues and conflicts and just daily things in my life a completely different way that I learned the previous, you know, 30 years mm-hmm. at the time you know, has been a challenge. And that was where I was at when it all happened. I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore. That's like, I got to, you know, so that was a lost feeling. I lost my wife. I lost my daughter at the oh. time. And so I was just trying to, in a hole, trying to climb my way back up. God. Well, God bless you both for taking those steps actually to confront that and, and doing what it takes to heal. So Mike, have you been able to recognize triggers for Jana? And what do you do to help ease any negative feelings that these may bring up for her? Yeah, that's one thing that um, slowly, very slowly, I've gotten better at is staying ahead of her triggers, where if I, you know, know her triggers well enough now, I can perceive or, you know, foresee a situation coming up where I I can stay ahead of it and be like, hey, you know, I realize that where we're going may be triggering or something may be doing, you know, what kind of feelings are you having? Let's talk about it. But I'm not always great at that. And sometimes they happen in the moment. That's where I've, I've struggled is being able to be empathetic right away when she needs me because to me it doesn't seem like a triggering situation so that's been tough but that's something that we continuously work on and I continuously work on. that's wonderful and Jana do you appreciate that that he's very aware that he needs to continue to work on that yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah because it's sometimes I'm like how do you not know that like I'm this is triggering me and I think sometimes because he you know, he wasn't in my shoes that he'll never understand that, which is why then I have to do my work to not think that he can mind read. So um, true. Yeah. Cause I'm like, well, how does he not know that I'm triggered right now that we're here at this place or that I'd be triggered. And so I think it's just being like, Hey, at times to, um, doing my work to try to communicate even, even through the, the hard times. That's so true. That's so true because I know that, uh, I've, I've, of course, Philip and I have been married for 44 years and been together for like almost 48 years. And I've heard him say so many times to the one partner that's maybe had this very issue, you have to stay with your partner and explain until, until it's like, there's not just one time that you have the patience, but you do it until so it's kind of like, Mike, you look for those triggers until you know that she's okay with it. So it seems like you are aware of that and that you're doing everything you can to help her through it. Slowly but surely. Yeah, and like we, he always says, it's not, you know, it's uh, it's not perfection, it's progress. That's you know, true. progress and perfection. So just keep putting the building blocks up and, you know, hopefully we're looking for consistency. Yes. That's kind of... It's like, you know, let's just keep going uphill. We might have a little stumbles in this area. Yeah. So, you know. It seems like that's very, very uh, true with with the two of you. It seems like you've done a lot of work and you've made a lot of progress. Yeah. I mean, and we still have a lot to learn. We still have our, you know, I think the one thing with the book too is that just we're just normalizing that we don't believe there's a perfect relationship. Now, I, you know, I, I have to think even with you being married, you know, 44 years, mm-hmm. I mean, there's got to, you know, 
What, I mean, was it perfect the entire time? Never. I don't. Never. There's no, yeah. there's not, I, I totally agree with you. There's no such thing as the perfect relationship. <laughs> it's, a, I, I believe that, I believe marriage is a full-time job and you work on it every day. Sometimes not every day is, is a all-day job, but I believe that a relationship, a marriage is something that you work on every day. Yeah. No, we, we, I mean, we totally agree. So that's just, you know, I think being able to normalize that in the book to be like, Hey, don't compare yourself because you don't know the struggles that people are having. That's exactly Even right. though they show a perfect, um, you know, post on Instagram. It's, it's not all perfect. That's not exactly all right. And I believe that a marriage, if you want your marriage to be happy and to be something that you thrive in, it's a goal that it's not day to day. It's something that you look towards in the future. So there isn't any relationship or marriage, I believe, that is perfect. There's no such thing. It's something that you work on daily and you celebrate daily as well. So... The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. How do you, because I think like with, with us, you know, because, because we have learned so much and, you know, we've written the books and here's the book and like, here's the tools that we've learned. How do you deal with Phil who he says to do this, but then maybe he doesn't do it. So then how, it's like, how do you, it's almost like you're preaching it, but you're not doing it. So it's like, do you ever, is that ever been an issue in y'all's marriage? Oh, of course. He's, he's a human being. So he's, he's brilliant. I always say he's brilliant. He's a professional, but at the same time, he's a human being. You know, he's a man. So, of course, he's he's brilliant and he knows exactly what should be done. But does he practice what he preaches every second of every day? No. I mean, he's, you know, he's human, but he's not so human that he doesn't do something to the point where he is wrong. So would I call him on every little thing? No, because I know he's human, just like all of us. We're all fallible human beings. We all make mistakes. We all have our days. So no, I'm not going to call him on every little thing because I know who he is to the core. That old saying, pick your battles. I believe in that. Yep. There's no question. No question at all. And fight the good fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. When you do pick the battle, fight the good fight. <laughs> That's so true. So, Jana, what coping mechanisms have you used to work through your hurt? Uh, well, again, therapy. We're huge advocates of therapy. Um, I've also realized that taking time for myself is really important. So I've taken up running and walking. And so just being able to get out and exercise really helps me a lot. Um, and then the biggest coping mechanism that I have is just, um, to try to stay in the present. Love it. Um, when I get the past or I start to ruminate or think about everything, um, it really sends me off and it makes our, makes the conflict worse. So just trying to stay present, recognize what's today, who is he today and how are we today? 
Um, and that that def- definitely helps. You know, Mike, I was going to ask you, what have you learned about yourself through all of this? But I think that you've already answered that question. I think that you've learned that, uh, or, or do you want to answer that question? I think I learned more about Jana through the process, just seeing how strong she is. You know, a lot of people will say, my wife's the strongest woman I know. I know for a fact that, that my wife is the strongest woman I know because I've tested her mm-hmm. beyond belief, you know, um, I learned a lot about her and how big her heart is and how willing she is to fight for our marriage, for our children. And what else more could you want in a life partner than that? I love that. I love that because you know what? That's so true. That is so true because at the end of the day, that's really what life is all about. A partnership, a family, children. And if you don't have that, what do you want in life, right? Right. Jana, what, how do you feel about the fact that he just said that? Oh, I mean, I, I appreciate that it sees that it did take a lot of strength uh, to stay. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, it's nice to know that he sees that quality in me because it is not easy sometimes being married to this man. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have to tell you, um, when uh, Philip and I had been married mm, maybe 15 years and I lost my mother, And I can remember when that happened, it was a very sudden loss. I felt like she was too young to go. She was only 58 years old. I was on the phone with her and she said, I feel funny and died right then of of a heart attack. And it was my first loss in my life. And and, uh, I I remember just, of course, anyone would feel just heartbroken. And uh, I said to Philip, I said, oh, I, I can't believe that I just lost her so suddenly is and and it was just it was a very eye-opening experience of life and I said uh, wow I can't believe that this is what life is about I've just experienced a true loss in life and I had a really hard time of course anyone would accepting that and and realizing that how quickly you can lose someone and I remember him taking me and putting his arms around me and pulling me close and looking me straight in the eyes and said, I just want you to know right now, I want you to understand and listen to me and hear me when I say, I am never going to leave you. I will never leave you. And I don't know why he felt the need to do that, but I remember the feeling I had when he said that to me. It was like, wow, I really did need to hear that. It was like my mother didn't want to leave me, but she did. She It wasn't her choice. But he was telling me right then, I choose to never leave you. And I have to tell you that that changed my entire life. That changed me as a woman. That's amazing. Maybe that's something that the two of you or anyone listening can think about. So let me ask you this. What were you each most nervous about putting in the book? I mean, chapter nine was a tough story to tell about how I ended up being pregnant with Jace and the things that happened right before. So that was a, that was difficult. Um, but I think overall what I was most nervous about is because we're not authors. I mean, now we're technically New York Times bestsellers, which is amazing. And congratulations um, on that. But, you know, I've never really written anything longer than a school paper in mm-hmm. high school. So, 
you know, I was like, you know, who are we to be writing a book? And I'm afraid that, you know, they're going to think it's bad. And because we didn't have a ghostwriter and it was just us, but I love that. Um, so, you know, that was scary, but I feel like, you know, the victory and the win with this book is the fact that people like, not that we needed that validation, but it was, it was just nice to know that it helped people and it did exactly what we wanted. But I was really nervous that people would be like, why, like how, how and why? I love that. Yeah. I was more nervous during the writing process for those same reasons as we're like, just, you know, unloading our hearts and our skeletons in these, in our closets and everything and putting these words on paper. It was hard to type some of these things. It was hard to reread some of these things. And we were nervous even just like submitting it to our amazing editor who, you know, just seeing another pair of eyes other than our own on it was uncomfortable at first. So let alone to the masses. Um, but it was through our editor, you know, Sydney, who was amazing, that continued to encourage us um, that we were on the right path, that we were doing a good thing. And and so by the end of it, we were confident in what we had put out there. We're, the nerves were really more on the beginning. end. Yeah, I love that. I love that you both have been very open and and honest and your true passion about this book has been to not only heal your relationship, but to help others. I think that is very obvious in your book. So I just want to say congratulations. And I think it's uh, a beautiful project that the two of you have come together and, and given the readers. Thank you. Thank you. So I know we're running short on time, but do you have any deal breakers in your relationship now moving forward? Um, I think for me, the only deal breaker would be just um, the lack of consistency and growth. You know, I think you you can only go through so much continued pain and heaviness. So it's that outweighs the good times for me. That personally is um, a deal breaker for, for me. I mean, because of all the work that we've done, we have all the tools. So we can be, cons- if there's lack of consistency and growth, in that area and not willing to recognize areas of growth, then that, yeah. I don't, I, I just am like, why, you know, I don't, there's no point in being unhappy now, especially when we spent the last five years battling unhealthiness or unhappy. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's kind of essentially the same thing. It's like if Jana wasn't doing her work and wasn't growing and all she did was shame me every day and remind me of the past and be hurtful to try to be even, I, you know, I, even someone in my position can only take so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's the same for both of us. It's as long as we're continuing to grow and get better consistently together, then I think, you know, we're good. But if one of us starts falling off of that, then neither of us could do it. I agree. The Philip and I have always said, and I keep going back to the two of us, I didn't mean to spend so much time on our relationship, but in, the, right. in the beginning, we have always said that we talk a lot about our relationship and one thing that we both agreed was we knew the things that we didn't like to hear about or the things that were deal breakers. And so Mm -hmm. he told me, you know, what were the points that he, that upset him? Like, here's what bothers me. Here's what I don't want to hear about. Here's the things, the triggers. So I, if I know that and I use those, I do it knowing he doesn't want to hear that from me. So why would I do it? Mm-hmm. So we both had those conversations early on, like, here's what bothers me. Here are the things that really upset me. So 
we were both very honest with each other. So when he tells me that and then I bring it up, I do it full well knowing it's going to upset him. It's going to bother him. So mm-hmm. it's very important, I think, for couples to have those conversations. Oh, yeah. The earlier, the better. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. Jenna and Mike, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Oh, Robin, thank, thank you, you so much. much for we your love time. you. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And Secret Squad, please go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com. Learn where you can purchase and learn more about the good fight. And also learn so much about the behind the scenes of I've Got a Secret. See you next week. Bye-bye.